it definitely shouldn't be lost on anybody that we are going into Thanksgiving. And so this is a great time to start talking about fasting. <laughs> it certainly hasn't been lost on me. And my wife said, so you're going to stay with the, stay with the fasting for next week too? Not a big turkey guy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good but rhythm, feasting, fasting. Exactly. That's where we are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so if you were there with us on Sunday, uh, that was the first message in uh, continuing in the practices series, this time on fasting. And so certainly a heavy link to prayer, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got a quote for us to kick us off our discussion, and we're going to get a little a little deeper into this discussion on fasting. Yeah, I wanted to um, – there's a really helpful book called God's Chosen Fast. All the necessary caveats, don't agree with everything, all that. Bold well, title. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gospel-centered fasting. Yeah. No. Um, oh, but he, I thought he had a really helpful in the preface. He says, The neglect of truth followed by its rediscovery often results in its overemphasis. I love that. Is just that is practical for so many things. Fasting, I would say, is probably a neglected truth. You know, I kind of did that little survey in the sermons, you know, mm-hmm. like who's heard a message, you know, more on prayer than fasting, and pretty much everybody right. agreed. So you got to be careful not to overemphasize the neglected truth. And then he says, I've been aware of this temptation in connection with this subject, fasting, and I've therefore tried to give this theme the weight that Scripture gives to it. I appreciate his desire to weight it properly with Scripture. Truth, he says, this is a wonderful um, uh, metaphor. Truth is like a portrait, and to exaggerate one feature is to turn the portrait into a caricature of the truth. The result is that thoughtful people turn away from this divinely appointed means of grace as something for the crank or the fanatic. And so Mm -hmm. we don't want to turn fasting into like this end-all, be-all. So he goes on, fasting is important, more important perhaps than many of us have supposed. I like that. That's probably true. Right. It's important, more important than we think, as I trust this book will reveal. For all of that, however, it is not a major biblical doctrine, a foundation stone of the faith, or a panacea for every spiritual ill. I'm like, oh man, that he is weighting it properly here. Mm. It's more important, probably more important than you think, but it's still not a foundation stone, and it's not an end-all, be-all, cure-all. Nevertheless, he says, when exercised with a pure heart and a right motive, fasting may provide us with a key to unlock doors where others have failed. A window opening up new horizons in the unseen world, a spiritual weapon of God's providing. So I thought that was just a beautiful introduction of properly waiting of how, you know, as a church, as we go into this topic, maybe a lot of people don't know a lot about it. They haven't really engaged a whole lot. Maybe they haven't done it much. We want to be careful, like, oh, start talking about fasting, and then, like, we just run and make a caricature out of it, and and we end up not using it properly. But yet, at the same time, recognizing that, hey, there may be some things happening that God and Jesus wants to do through um, prayer and fasting here for us at New City. Hmm. Hmm. That kind of reminds me of the advice you would give in when I was preparing sermons. Yeah. And you're like, if there's one specific thing, they're like, ooh, this is really good. But there's always the danger of making that the whole sermon. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so if you do that, then your you know your sermon becomes too narrow and it misses things and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And so mm-hmm. that kind of that's what I thought of when you're reading yeah. that quote. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into that. The appropriate weight of scripture. You emphasized a number of times on in Sunday sermon that um, fasting is not commanded 
It's an invitation, mm -hmm. which was great because that gave me an opportunity to tune out. If it's not, <laughs> I, I definitely don't have to do it. Is that how I should have heard that? Well, ironically, you know, that is one of the dangers, by the way, with, in conversation of some of these practices where it's not like explicit in scripture where like, it's mm -hmm. like, you know, thou shalt do this. I mean, mm -hmm, you mentioned, right. for example, that it's, it's absent in the Pauline epistles, mm -hmm. which is a, a significant thing to note. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I, I want I want you to explain a little bit more about that because Jesus does not command fasting the way we're used to hearing commands, but he does say that when he's gone, he kind of expects those who are following him, right, mm -hmm. to fast. And and he says, When you fast, and you know, so the implication of that is Hey, you're gonna fast when I'm gone. Yeah, and so you know, I love the invitation language. But talk to us a little bit more about why you were so careful, um, which I appreciated, mm -hmm. um, even if I'm still flushing through it yeah, <laughs> myself. Yeah. But but talk to us mm -hmm. about why you were so intentional with that language of it not being a command. I think the the major thing is the pushback to the old wineskins mm -hmm. of the Pharisees, the disciples of John, and they seem to be coming and saying, "Hey, we're fasting a lot, and you aren't fasting at all." And so, you know, and so to kind of reintroduce after the resurrection of Jesus and the giving of the Holy Spirit, which I believe he is kind of portrayed as this new celebratory wine, to try to put the Spirit back into a mandated fast for the whole church. Like for every disciple of Jesus needs to fast twice a week or, you know, on this high holy day or something else like that. It's not how... The, the kingdom works anymore. The kingdom now is directed by the will of the Holy Spirit of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so the Spirit of Jesus will lead you to fast at some point in your journey, mm. um, is the expectation. You can expect that over the course of... So it's not like... Um, like, and even for some people, like maybe right now, this might not be a season of fasting for you. And I kind of gave some examples of that, you know, um, maybe there's a medical situation that is there, or maybe there's a, a pregnancy. Mental, pregnancy or a mental health type situation that you're working through, whatever. But that doesn't mean there's, you, there wouldn't be an expectation to fast later on in your discipleship to Jesus. And in fact, as I'm looking at, just kind of doing some inventory and conversation with my wife, it's like, I feel like in some ways I'm a lot more ready for these practices now than I was in my 20s and 30s. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. interesting. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, I don't think it's, you know, Dan, that was funny. Like, I don't, I don't mean it to be like, <laughs> like getting people quote unquote off the hook, but and none Here of us comes was, the second practice of Jesus <laughs> and you don't need to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we should have started with like the first this six commands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I definitely don't think to your point, Dave, like Jesus does say, then they will fast. Right. There's kind of this expectation. And I kind of think that language, we know what that language is too. Even in our own relationships, we know there's things that like my wife has asked me to do. She's like telling me to do. And then there's things I know she like, there's like an expectation there that you're going to do this and to not do it would be, you know, like that's poor. Like mm -hmm. you should be doing that. Yeah. Like, you know, but it's not like this explicitly commanded slash demanded thing. So, um, so it, I do think the Holy Spirit will drive you into just like he did with Jesus by the way yeah into a fast I had a conversation with someone afterwards and um, they said that they felt the Holy Spirit about 10 years ago or so direct them to a three-day fast they just felt that impression in church and they were married and they didn't want to like sound over spiritual to their spouse or like didn't want their spouse to feel sorry for them 
And so they went home and they were trying to like pray through, like, how am I going to talk to my spouse about this? And then the spouse goes to that person, uh, the Holy Spirit's leading me to do a three-day fast. It was... He said the same thing to both of them. Said, wow. So it was really profound. So um, hence the title of the book, God's Chosen Fast. I do think we should be praying and thinking, like, as we look at our world around us, where do we see the kingdom not showing up? Right. And then grieve and mourn. And then it's like, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you asking me to do? Well, you're certainly leading me to pray about it. And as I pray about it, and I, uh, maybe I'm not seeing some breakthroughs, the quote says here, it's not going to unlock every door. It's not a panacea to fix everything. But maybe there are windows of heaven that have not been opened because we haven't fasted. Maybe then the Holy Spirit would lead you into that fast. Yeah. I love that too because I mean maybe it could be said that it's not like a super ordinary practice in the sense of to, you know, the the wineskins thing. It's like we're okay. Hey, you better be fasting every Wednesday, right? Mm -hmm. Or every Sunday, every Wednesday, and it's like some kind of ritual and rhythm for whatever purpose. This is like I love like the Lord leads and guides you, and there's specific purposes which we are, are layered and we can talk about too. But I I remember too when I was like my experience with fasting growing up was very much in the coercion lane like mm. and manipulation lane i i mean i explicitly remember hearing very little bit about fasting but then thinking okay when you really want god to do what you want you show him <laughs> how serious you are yeah. by giving up food for like a day yeah and i even remember those times being like hey i'm i'm proven to you Mm -hmm. How here's here's what I was really saying. I'm proving to you right now, God, how bad I want this. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You better notice, rather than like how bad I want you and your kingdom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so fasting became this thing for me to get what I want, which is why I loved what you said yesterday about it being a megaphone for the Lord's prayer, which is all about yes. God getting what He wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and and getting God into me, mm -hmm. and you know my ambitions and my kingdoms being submitted to Him and His will being done. And so that was just really helpful for me, even reflect back on, you know, two decades ago, a lot of my experience of fasting being like, oh yeah, this was like, this was totally against what the Bible teaches about fasting. Because you mentioned Isaiah, I think 58. Mm -hmm. It's like the whole, I mean, I grew up thinking it's not working. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's yeah. not working. Yeah. This is like the tool that you give me to get the things I want and it's not working. So yeah. that was super helpful. The, um, you talked there before about like, you know, it might not be like a regular thing. Um, I think different Christians in different seasons of life, maybe it might be right. So yeah. There was a pretty good um, debate in some of the stuff as I was reading between like the instrumental use of fasting, meaning I do this regularly as a means of seeing God break through in certain ways. It's like instrumental. And then other people are like, no, when you see in the fasting in the Bible, it's primarily a response to some really difficult hardship or desperate times. And so there's a little bit of debate back and forth. I don't actually think you need to choose between those two, because now if it is about kingdom longing, it's like, well, we see devastation and difficulty all over the place oh, that where the kingdom of God is not. And so then we're, you know, even like your kingdom come, your will be done applies to the war between Palestine and Israel, just so we're yeah. aware. You know, it applies from everything from my fight with sin to that. So anyway, I think you know, even for me, as I'm responding to this and, and my calling as a, as a pastor, it's actually the functional instrumental use is actually very helpful for me. If I have a regular fast, you know, like on a weekly basis, mm -hmm. as I seek to... Bear, You're bearing the burdens of the people. Right. And, right. It's a, and it's about mourning. Remember in that passage in Matthew 9, it was like, the, you can't mourn. Right. There's this connection with fasting and humbling and, and being sorrowful. And so like, 
fasting does help me identify with those who are mourning more easily. I can almost like feel it in my body right. and it helps my praying. And so in that case, it's like, I'm, as I work through fasting things, I, I think that way as well. So, mm-hmm. so there, I think this is a thing that the new wineskin is that the Holy Spirit, just like he was the one who led Jesus to fast for 40 days, the Holy Spirit's the one who's leading, guiding, and governing your discipleship process. And so, you know, asking him to lead you in this, I think is really important. You know, I think it'd be different for someone who has the responsibilities I have than say, you know, for instance, my 18 year old daughter, you know, like that, that's going to, of course, I, I would just expect that it would look different mm-hmm. and that's okay. And that's good. But I don't think, again, I think your what was kind of the question behind your question, Dave was like, are we letting people off the hook here? It's like, well, I mean, Again, I don't think fasting should be viewed as a That was Dan. Yeah. That was Dan. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And it was for an effect. Yes, exactly. exactly. (laughs) You know, I I think it's it's the idea that, you know, in my apprenticeship to Jesus, this is going to be a practice, a tool in the tool bag. Yeah, that's helpful. And when and where it gets pulled out isn't completely necessarily up to me, but I think what a lot of people in the Western church have done is just been like, oh, as he said here, well, that's just for the fanatics. We don't even really think of it as a a, a regular tool, and it definitely needs to be on our radars. And just like any practice, it's not, you know, this is not the end. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not practicing fasting in order to say that I practice fasting. You know, Mm -hmm. there's like, this is a pathway to something. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know... I mean, we're all prone to asking those questions in all seriousness, like, do I have to do this? Mm -hmm. But I think if I'm asking that question, you know, I'm off track already. Exactly. You know, it's it's not really do I have to do this as if God will accept me or reject me or whatever. It is, you know, do I want what that practice is going to lead me into? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or do I want to be the type of person that God will turn me into? And he has historically done so through this particular practice. You know, now we're kind of asking the right question, I think. Do you want to follow Jesus? Do you want to experience the kingdom of God? in your life and do you right. want to be using the kingdom of God and it's like if that is your priority mm-hmm. your overarching ambition then at regular seasons in your life as the Lord leads you're going to participate in some form or fashion in what is known as a fast yeah mm-hmm. uh, so with that though can we go to the question of you know you mentioned that you would say this or talk about this in sermon plus I'm so glad you brought it up because I might have forgot well, that was Chase. <laughs> well done, Chase. Chase before Summer Plus <laughs> reminded us of this, um, which is great. You talked about how, and I saw you were so careful with your words here. I really appreciated this. Um, you actually were in, intentional to not let people off the hook. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so you said, hey, if you've got some kind of weird relationship with food, difficult relationship with food, um, if there are health issues, you know, you mentioned diabetes. My, my wife has type 1 diabetes, and so mm-hmm. that's a thing that we, we live with for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the reality of, you know, mental health issues and stuff. And so it's like for a lot of people, for you to go 24 hours, 40 hours, three days right now without eating, that it's, it's the complete opposite of health. Right. Um, and it's not wise, mm-hmm. even, even biblically, and God wouldn't desire and want that for you. And so apart from some kind of, you know, spirit of God showing up, miraculous type of a thing happening. But you said it might not be the time. I Mm -hmm. love that. Meaning there's hope actually for you to participate in something like that in the future Mm -hmm. as the Lord does work in your heart. But what are ways for people who have chronic illnesses or fit in one of those categories or any other category who can't or shouldn't fast right now, how can they still experience 
uh, what they should. Prayers. Yeah, amplifiers, and in a way where you're feeling something even in your body. Mm, yeah. yeah. Let me come at that in a couple of ways. Let me address like the chronic illness type situation. And I want to add to that because someone came up and talked uh, to uh, my wife about intermittent fasting, which people are, a lot of people are doing that for health reasons right now anyway. Yeah. So if someone's doing intermittent fasting, their body, they're already in a sense past like step one and step two of like, you know how I said, like ease your way into it, like yeah. running. So it's like if people are in an intermittent fasting state and they want to like, first of all, I think you can combine that. I think you can address your motives before the Lord and combine what you're doing with intermittent fasting with, right? because you're still feeling that in your body and you yeah. can still, um, or you can extend that fast more than you normally would from your intermittent fasting. And again, obviously pay attention to your health and all those things with that, but that's a way that that can go. In contrast to someone who like missing one meal would be like really big for them, like maybe a diabetes type situation. That's where I don't. That's why I think it's customized to us by the Holy Spirit. It's like, mm. you know, maybe missing like one meal is like that would be the equivalent of a major fast for someone else who's you know accustomed to intermittent fasting or something like that. So it's like you know, and I, there are testimonies you know of of people. And again, you can check with your doctor, like type of thing like that. So that's one thing I would say about the whole chronic versus in even the inclusion of the intermittent fasting thing. The other thing that you can do if, if, you know, you can't, um, you know, food really isn't an option. Fasting is an option. And, you know, that would certainly be for people in the, who are maybe struggling with a mental health issue, uh, some type of eating disorder or an unhealthy relationship with food. It's like, well, okay, what could you do? Well, here's one thing you could do that is connected to the body still, which you could, you could sleep less. You could mm -hmm. like get up 30 minutes earlier yeah. and you're going to feel that in your body. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a way that you are oh, fasting from kind of like something that's good, a gift, sleep, and you're diminishing that so that you can be engaged in prayer. There's examples sometimes of like, uh, you know, the psalmist says, uh, you probably know the verse in 119, but like I, I rise at midnight mm -hmm. and I praise the Lord. And so you could set your alarm clock. Because of your righteous rules. There you go. Yeah. Amen. I love it. So yeah, so sleep could be something that would be a, a means of amplifying your prayers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's also... Uh, in this book by Arthur Wallace, God's Chosen Fast, he talks about three kinds of fasts that are in the Bible. I think this is really helpful. One is yeah. what would be called the normal or typical fast. You abstain from food, sun up to sundown, or maybe a 24-hour period. That would be kind of what everyone kind of the run-of-the-mill fast would be. Then he talks about an absolute fast, which is no food or water. You hardly ever see that in the Bible. Actually, Paul, when he became a Christian, interestingly, did a three-day absolute fast, no food, no water. And as he was the like, only connection you see with Paul and fasting, right? Because he doesn't write about it. Yeah, okay. um, I think so. We can fact check later. Yeah, fact check later. I don't. Right. I hesitate to just say yes, but I think so. Um, but I think the implication is there's other times when the leaders. Well, Acts 13 would be a time too when the leaders were separated. Their fact after. check complete. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I, to say that it's not in Paul's letters is true, which means he's not telling the churches to do it. Mm -hmm. But Paul was definitely practicing it. So right. anyway, but. Another, and he did say, follow me as I follow Christ. There you go. Okay, keep going. So um, the you've got a normal fast, you've got the absolute fast, and then you have what's called a partial fast. And this is abstaining from like delicacies. This is what Daniel and his three friends did mm -hmm. uh, in scriptures where they were eating like vegetables and drinking water. And so, you know, that might be a way too to amplify your prayers where it's like, again, that might not be as big a fast as you might think. Again, the comparison game is 
is not the game we want to be playing here. And so as the Holy Spirit leads you, if you're a person who needs to continue to eat for various reasons, you might consider the partial fast Mm -hmm. where you, you modify your diet to be more simplistic and limited and more almost like bland, which actually for me is amazing (laughs) because I love bland food anyway. um, (laughs) But yeah, you limit, you limit it that way. And, And that could be a way that your prayers are amplified and the Lord sees that you're restricting that and you're feeling that in your body and that type of thing. Let me elaborate on the comparison thing, Mm -hmm. because you mentioned this yesterday too, where you're like, hey, God is not impressed with how Mm -hmm. big and great your fast is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and then you made the statement, you know, God does a lot with a little. Mm -hmm. That might have only been one of the services actually that you said that. I can't remember. Okay. But but that's outstanding. Exactly. Like the the Lord will look at at your heart to come before him and experience his kingdom breakthrough in your life and you maybe deal with sin or you're mourning and longing for those who are hurting or you're wanting for somebody to return to the Lord or whatever it may be. He will, you know, he'll take your vegetable fast and it will be as beautiful in your heart as the person who does, you know, 48 hours without food and water. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah, Yeah. that's good. One of the questions I have is, um, and we've kind of like already answered it in some different aspects but in like a more direct way obviously we want to listen to the spirit within each one of us as to when we fast but like maybe is there some times when we should definitely be thinking in fasting categories maybe i should be leaning into a fast if i'm like maybe being like i feel like i'm not really growing i'm kind of plateauing my christian faith like what are some yeah when are some times that would be appropriate to like lean into a fast and then maybe you know, I don't know if maybe some people out there are wondering, maybe needing some advice or some help as to, well, should I fast or, sh- you know, should I fast every week? Like, how, mm. how do I gauge that and how do I kind of get into that and decide that for myself? Mm. Ex- examples all over scripture and church history of when to fast. So Pastor Mike mentioned yesterday to kind of like amplify our, our prayers. You know, it's like you're throwing gasoline on the fire of prayers, the megaphone for the Lord's Prayer, which I loved. Mm-hmm. You're you're praying when you see and you're, and you're moved by the Spirit in a powerful way for a longing for His kingdom to come in your life, in your home, your community. Yeah. And, and, you know, that can happen during different seasons and circumstances in your surroundings. There's a sense in which we fast when we want to experience deeper cruciformity mm. to Christ. It's like, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a specific sin that has a stronghold in my life. And yeah. it's like you're saying, yeah. Lord, I I want to know and experience you more than I want the temporal satisfaction of whatever this may be. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you, you know, you there's examples of fasting for the purpose of mourning and lamenting. Mm-hmm. And then you have fasting for the longing of Christ's return. So yeah. I think there's, the, the Bible is littered with all kinds of different examples of, of when to fast. Mm-hmm. You want Well, I, and I would just echo that one. You know, the, um, you know, if you've got a sin that you're struggling with yeah. <laughs> and you can fast, then you should try fast. to fast. Right. Mm. And so, you know, there's this whole, you know, you talked about it yesterday, almost like a spiritual detox, you know. Yeah. Like, oh my like goodness. That will, Sludge of your souls. Garvey's quote there, sheesh. Yeah. You know, I think that's, I think that's pretty significant. And even just the experience of, you know, saying no exactly. to something good and simple like food. I mean, we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. You know, in a fast, you're just going to be reminded with your hunger. And yep. You're going to like exercise that muscle of saying no. Yeah. And so that is resisting a temptation. Um, you're starting to like know what that feels like. So if you keep slipping into some, you know, 
pattern uh, where you're falling into temptation, you know, fasting might be something that you might want to try uh, to exercise that no. This yeah. is the whole, because we, you know, we're working ahead here. We've been working ahead, obviously, with fasting. And, and we've had a lot of conversations, Mike, about is our forms of abstinence fasting or are they not? And I appreciate how you even, you've even talked about this, at least internally, of trying to honor what the scripture says fasting is and be true to the scriptures, but also not trying to do a hard line mm-hmm. when it's maybe not necessary. And, and to your point there, Dan, I love it. It's especially when it comes to wanting to kill sin, because, you know, we've talked about even with the practices, the life of following Jesus is Jesus, to use Jesus' words, denying yourself, taking up your cross daily and following him. That's mm-hmm. great. Paul mm-hmm. says, I die daily. In other words, yeah. you know, we said a couple of weeks ago, if, especially if we talk about, if we have a sermon on, on abstinence at some point during this, which which we may, the Christian life will require you to say no all the time, mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. which goes completely against our, our nature. And by the way, all of the lingering sin, habitual sin in my life is because I can't say no to things. Right. Mm-hmm. And so to, to, to use a spiritual tool to train yeah. and practice saying no and to feel it and to feel the pain and then to have victory over those types of things is so necessary if i'm going to live a life of cruciformity yeah it also speaks against you know sort of the culture the gospel of the culture which is you know expression and freedom and and all of those types of realities exactly and so you know to you know just to build on the thing of you know this is about saying no Yeah. yeah Fasting, just to reiterate, is a gift. It's a God-ordained yeah. means oh, of grace. Prayer is one of those. I mean, the Lord has blessed it. He has said, this is something I bless. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And so it is a form of self-denial, but it's the it's the denial. I remember this Piper quote probably as long as I live. Like, you're saying no to tin so that you can say yes to gold. You, you mm-hmm. know, like anybody who loses his life will find it. Anyone it who, you know, yeah, right. It's like... You know, so the denial is yes, it, it, it is saying no to what may be considered, you know, from your sermon on the good life, we're saying no to that. And, you know, with, with the best we can, trying to say yes to the good life that Jesus is Amen. putting in front of us. And, and sometimes that is, you know, very hard mm-hmm. to discern and to grasp. So it's a great question, Chase. You know, this guy puts, uh, again, Wallace says, you know, is there a local church threatened with discord and division? Mm. If spiritual life is waning and worldliness is abounding? If conversions are few and backslidings frequent, Shoot. would not this be a time when leaders should call that that church to prayer and fasting? Oof. And so that's kind of yeah. on a corporate thing. And so I think that kind of, again, goes along with, I don't know, one of the things I was very eager and zealous to do yesterday was just to really tie this in with the coming of the kingdom. The fasting really is the Lord's Prayer megaphone. I like yes. that analogy of like, where do we not see the kingdom in a sense breaking into our lives and it's like okay there let's pray about it there and then you know there's this one spot i desperately wanted to use it but i just wasn't quite sure when the disciples couldn't cast out the demons remember mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it says jesus comes down and he's and they come to jesus and he yep. says this kind of only comes out by prayer and, and some then translations and then some translations say and fasting and so i went back and i looked at the there are actually some very old Greek manuscripts yep. that have and fasting. Yeah. Mm. So it is it is very much like sometimes it's in the conversation. It yeah. definitely again not I'm kind of geeking out here on the Greek, but like again that's kind of what I'm 
paid for in a little bit, like yeah. to be able to go and investigate that. There's sometimes there's variations in those Greek manuscripts. Pretty obvious. Oh, that's late. That actually wasn't in there. This one is, is very much up for the debate. But at the very least, Jesus seems to be saying like this kind of deep evil only comes out with like fervent prayer. And you certainly could attach fasting to fervent prayer. And so it's like, okay, where's the kingdom? Where do we want to see the kingdom breaking through? Okay, right here's the spot. Okay, let's pray. Okay. And it seems to be that we need to pray a lot. Um, and so, yeah. Even if you if you tie it back to the Lord's Prayer, yeah. it's like go through the Lord's Prayer and where do you actually feel like your life needs to break through? It's like... Where are you hungry? It's 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 actual daily provision. Like, no, Lord, we're, we're praying for you to take care of these orphans in Haiti. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like daily bread and, and give them a hope and a future and so we're fasting. Or it's like, I am bitter towards this person. And I do not want reconciliation. So you're fat, or or they they are towards me, and I desire reconciliation. And you fast, or like in that case, like deliverance mm-hmm. over evil and it or temptation or the the example you just gave with, with Jesus. It's like so I'm gonna I'm gonna fast and amplify this prayer and say more than food, more than this you know moment or, or this satisfaction. Like I want this. I love it because it's like food fuels your body, mm-hmm. sleep kind of fuels your body too, mm-hmm. but fasting is like fuel for your soul. Mm-hmm. And so it, it has a way to reorient your heart and your mind. I mean, you're pushing back against natural good desires even sometimes yeah. so that you can reorient your heart and mind for a greater desire. And sometimes we intellectually know that which is greater, but we can't experience it. And so fasting can even be a means like to get back to feeling and experiencing mm-hmm. what really matters and what you actually really desire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a whole slew of, of suggestions of practical advice. So you kind of went over those in the sermon and you know, we've posted those on the sermon guide or if you go back and, and find the sermon page, you'll find those things and just lots of like really helpful, small things. The section below it is the practice. You know, there's some helpful tips for any practice really start small, think subtraction, not addition, you get what out of it, what you put in, you know, so to combine those things, there are a lot of really practical tools to actually get started. I mean, maybe, maybe you think you are able to do this, but you just never have done it. Where would you start? You know, I would really encourage you to go back and look at some of those suggestions. Um, you know, even the smart, even the start small one, you know, I mean, just just get hungry (laughs) like even if you're eating a little bit later you know and that hunger pain combined with the sticky note thing which is so great which is super helpful you know what i mean Mm -hmm. just writing down you know you're thinking about it before you're hungry (laughs) you know what am i actually hungry for god to do and then you just have it and you think about it and you say it and you pray it you know it's it's very simple you know it's not it's probably not going to be this 12 hour straight session of prayer where you're lifted up, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe it will, I, mm-hmm. I guess, but you know, is it something as simple as I get hungry and I pull a sticky note out and I ask the Lord to do something that I, that I'm hungry to see him do. I mean, that's like a, that's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I would encourage you to, to go back over those things. Any of those things that have been like particularly helpful for you guys, like any really just practical as you've tried to do fasting, you know, is there something where it's like, yeah, I was really struggling, but then, you know, this was really helpful. I think for me, like 
what I've found is like there's one particular issue that's like on a forefront that I'm working through and, and praying and fasting about. And that really is helpful. It's like, no, oh, I really want to see this happen. And so even if you're like trying to get started, it's like, like what? Something maybe specific. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, Something specific. Maybe you're praying like, Lord, I don't even have a burden for your kingdom. <laughs> like mm. you start there. Like, you know, I, I forget who said it, but I remember I pray this, Lord, Lord, my burden is I have no burden. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm too carefree. Shoot. Like, like what, what is the, where is the longing for the kingdom evidenced in your life? And then I would say, get that thing on the sticky note. Yeah. And then what I have found is, is then when other prayer requests come in, yep. I'm already kind of like in this, like, I don't know, zone is not the right thing to say, but like I'm, I'm in like a state mm-hmm. of prayer yeah. and I find it easier to connect other things to that praying. And so um, as other things come in, it, it, it's, uh, it facilitates a spirit of prayer. And then I'm just trusting the Lord that he's going to honor. I mean, he's the one who has invited me. He's the one, again, I, I like it this way. He's expecting me to fast. Mm-hmm. He's, so he's invited me to pray and he's expecting me to fast at various times. And so when I engage in those practices, then I can expect yeah. that he will work on behalf yeah. of his name. Yeah. For me, uh, one of the most helpful components of any rhythm of fasting in my life has been when I do it with another brother. So communal fasting. And Mm -hmm. I actually loved that you mentioned this, Mike, that it's like, hey, Jesus gives the same warnings about prayers as fasting. Mm -hmm. But like if you grew up in the Christian world, it's like, oh, well, fast, but don't don't you dare tell anybody. Or again, it's not going to work. What in the world? What do you mean? And but the the issue there is like, yeah, the the heart, the boasting, the Mm self-righteousness, the puffing yourself up, et cetera. But we would never be like, oh, well, we can't have a corporate prayer time. And if we do, like nobody pray out loud. Like it's it's absurd. And it goes Mm -hmm. against so much of what the rest of the New Testament says about prayer. Yeah. In the yeah. same way, fasting, actually, I think, to be honest with you, I was thinking about this yesterday, one of the reasons we don't practice fasting as much, like, as a people of God, is because nobody's talking about it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we think we're not supposed to be talking about it. Mm-hmm. And so you're not getting, no, no one's being exhorted or encouraged or invited into a time of fasting. I have one brother specifically in this church um, who fasting is a very regular rhythm and not in an old wineskin way. And mm-hmm. kind of the way you were talking about Pastor Mike, it's like if any time a burden comes up or there's a need or any of the things we've talked about, he's just like, well, I'm going to fast this coming Saturday. Who wants to fast with me? Mm-hmm. And it's, and some of the most, you know, the fruitful times in my own heart and even seeing answer to prayers according to God's will has been when I've joined somebody else in prayer. And so find a brother, find a sister, maybe as a family, you do something like this, but there's been many testimonies by the way of already of, um, I would think of back to the men's conference where we made it part of the conference that a number of people were preparing for that conference with prayer and fasting. Yeah. And there's just been numbers of testimonies about how that was used by the Lord in meaningful and significant ways. And would it have been used by the Lord in meaningful and significant ways? I'm, I'm sure it would have, but I'm also sure that the prayer and fasting moved the needle in a more deeper, stronger way as well. Yeah. Amen. I kind of like that about the whole practices in general, but especially fasting. You don't really, you can't quantify it. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't get like, um, turn, like you talk about the dials. Yeah. You can't like turn off the dial and fasting and then all of a sudden you boom, you see the immediate results over here. Right. You're kind of just like giving yourselves to them and expecting the Lord to meet with you. Mm-hmm. 
And I was kind of thinking, like, obviously, we mentioned kind of be specific. Um, I think it's helpful, too, if you fast for something in someone else's life, that's that whole bearing each other's yeah. burdens, you, like, hurt with them. Mm-hmm. And then, like, just think what that does to your prayers. If, like, you know someone's hurting, and then you cause yourself pain by hunger mm-hmm. to, like, f- sympathize with them, that is like a whole nother level of amplification. Even, you know, it's one amplifying it to the Lord, but it's also like amplifying it in the sense that I want to feel what this person is going through in some sense. And then that's going to help me pray fervently, more fervently for them. Hmm. And so that's like um, another kind of... It's love. It's love. And then also, what about the receiving end? If you've got a brother or sister saying, I am fasting for you. I I am hurting for you. Yeah, like I think that probably is encouraging. Yeah, and th- yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've definitely received. I mean, for sure, that's literally happened with me, and I've been yeah. encouraged. <laughs> yeah. 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 Another thing that I kind of like learned through the process is not necessarily like pra- practical, but it's kind of like something I didn't expect. But one of the like expectations when you're fasting is interesting. It's like, what am I expecting to happen? Obviously, I'm expecting to be hungry, mm-hmm. but like one of the big things for me is has been. Um, just the fact that I'm more aware of God's presence. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, the prayers are like, the prayers are going up when I'm hungry, but I'm also just like always thinking about God throughout that day because mm-hmm. my stomach is always growling or Why something am like I that. I so hungry? Exactly. Yeah. You're just constantly reminded throughout your day well, let me, about uh, the Lord's presence. I'm going to push back just a little bit. Have at it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> You're better at fasting than I am. Then, if you're constantly aware of the Lord's presence, sometimes I'm in the hangry stage. Do you experience I've, that? No, I've noticed that Chase is a lot better at fasting. Yeah, okay, well, there we go. That, that was the answer. Just, got, just kidding. So, for people who may be a little bit more like me, you might go through like this, like somewhat oh, of like, sure. why the heck am I fasting right now? I think mm-hmm. everyone would just be happier, myself included, if I just went and had a donut. <laughs> some, well, of that that personal, some of that's personality some, for sure. It is. Yeah. 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 So, I, I mean, just, I just want to. I don't want. And I know you don't either. I don't want to discourage someone if they participate in fasting and they have these periods where all they can think about is how they're going to break the fast, which mm-hmm. I know I've definitely been in that. Um, so <laughs> it definitely happens. But yeah, there's sure. also, I would concur with you. I definitely, and this is what I was saying earlier, being kind of in this state of prayer, being reminded these the hunger pangs, being the alarm bells, I am definitely yeah. more aware of yes. God's presence. So yes. I, I'm affirming yes. and saying amen to what he's saying. Well, and that's the whole like start small thing mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, if you start running, you go to run a 400, you like, you get to 100 meters, you're like, when is this stinking thing going to be done? Yeah, right. You know, you do that for a couple of weeks and you, you don't feel that until you get too close to a mile. And mm-hmm. then you don't get close to that until you, or you're doing a 5K. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, people are running their half marathon. They're not feeling any of that for the first, you know, yep. eight, mm-hmm. nine miles. And so uh, I think that that's something that will, will grow and, you know, increase as you interact sure. with fasting mm-hmm. that process there brings up an interesting i think observation the goal isn't to like never eat then seven days a week no eating mm-hmm. like this is a rhythm of fasting and feasting yeah. fasting and feasting both of them are gifts so when you think about you know like oh man uh, you know we haven't talked a whole lot yet about the sabbath but if you think about like a sabbath meal or a celebration meal oh man for the work that god you know again you've 
worked hard as a family and you're you have the ability to have a wonderful meal and you sit down and you have a, a feast mm-hmm. like that is a gift right. of God and that should be equally as celebrated and yeah. you can love other people in that situation as well too you love yep. people by fasting and you can love people by feasting by inviting them yep. to your table yep. and yep. sharing yep. your food with them yeah. this is way too deep of a cup for right now so Dan you can close this sucker down very fast after <laughs> but one of the things I can't wait to talk about with the Sabbath is you're like okay this is going to connect to fasting I promise it's like well what about people who can't take a day off from work they just yeah. they don't they don't have that kind of a job they don't have that kind of money they don't have that kind of safety they to provide for their family not to provide for their like luxury but to provide for their family and their livelihood they cannot take a day off it's like are those people not supposed to sabbath and one of the observations that we'll talk about is like no this is this is why we sabbath together this is why we're community so who in the church can help pay one of those bills that month mm-hmm. so that that family can sabbath right yeah and this is where it's like if you got somebody who's like well feasting that sure sounds nice but guess what i can never get a steak mm-hmm. <laughs> well you know what maybe i fast one of my meals mm-hmm and provide the steak for you to feast. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like there are mm. so many amazing things when you think communally yeah. about this, that even how you're fasting can allow for somebody else's feasting and wow. to experience another grace of God. That's good. Okay. Well, and maybe this will be for the next conversation, but you know, we were, you were talking, there's lots of connections in scripture where people are, are using an abundance of food as an expression of their wealth, you know? And so, you know, this is one of the, historically, this is one of the, you know, the things that you do experience when you do fast is you are associating with those who do not have. Yes. And so you're partnering, you know, in a similar way where you're bearing the burden, you know, maybe you're taking on particular prayer requests, you know, there are lots of people in the world who are hungry. Mm -hmm. And so you are making yourself hungry to associate. um, Oh, man. Which is why the danger for legalism and pride is present there, which is why Jesus warns us. Because to voluntarily do that can could boost your ego. So I'm so thankful for Jesus' warnings. But the you know, this is a whole baby in bathwater situation. Just be, you know, the same thing the same thing with prayer. He gives the same warnings regarding prayer as he does fasting. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, to that point again, it's like there's very equal the benefits are are so important for prayer and then again fasting as this kind of I view it as this you know, extra tool. It's like a megaphone. You know, it's like you you put it at the end of the thing, and man, it's just it amplifies. So, so there'll be another sermon on fasting this Sunday. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do we know what we're going to be highlighting specifically? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to be looking at Isaiah 58 more, which mm. is how Israel misused their fast. I want to start with the kingdom idea of fasting yeah. because yeah. I think it's so such a foundation stone of fasting is to connect it with the kingdom. But what went wrong with the Israelites fast in Isaiah 58? Uh, and what can we learn from that? I think there'll be a lot of connections between, because there I think there's connections between um, fasting and then also abstaining. You know, the, the, that line's going to get a little bit more blurry this week, which, mm-hmm, you know, right. is okay. And then I do want to talk about some of these other things we've hit on here about communal fasts and how we can do that together and some more practical application, maybe more in a broadly communal way. And then Advent, which and, you already hi- which you highlighted Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so just to encourage everyone, check out that resource list. Yeah. Yep. There's resources for little ones. There's devotional resources. There's going to be a commercial coming out for Advent <laughs> for the kiddos. <laughs> Maybe families commercial about a commercial right there. Yeah, exactly. And then there'll be stuff to connect with on the podcast as well. So lots of resources coming your way for Advent. Be awesome, awesome. Well, all right. Well, thank you guys for your thoughts. Thanks for listening.
Uh, I'll be back next week.